Sterling, and this is Colts Call-In. Welcome. We are going to talk a lot about Matt Ryan and the eerie similarities between Matt Ryan and Philip Rivers. We're also going to talk about the needs that the Colts continue to have, despite the fact that they're really about a month and a few days away from the opening of training camp. Uh, Chris Ballard has done a very nice job over months of putting together a roster that addresses a lot of the needs that the Colts have, but there are two needs that remain that have got to be have got to be somehow filled, or or I think the Colts are in a position where they're going to have to rely on unknowns, and that is not what they want to do. You don't want to have question marks at the two spots where the Colts are going to have question marks, and those are a kicker because Rodrigo Blankenship is not the guy. Like, you meet Rodrigo Blankenship, and you think, what a nice kid. It would be fun to play Legos with this guy. And then you think, do I want to rely on this guy in the postseason to extend our playoff run or win the Super Bowl with a a late-game field goal? You do not. That is not something that you want with Rodrigo Blankenship. And so I think they've got to go get a guy to come into camp where Rod has got to win the job and compete for the job like he did at Georgia and and like he's done here. He did not win the job when he got back healthy, uh, when he had to kick against Michael Badgley. Badgley kept that job. Badgley right now is unemployed. So there's that. You've got Jake Verite as the uh, backup kicker, kind of, for the Colts right now. And then you've got the wide receiver position for the Colts, which is problematic, man. I'm telling you, Michael Pittman Jr. is fine. He is a quality two, maybe a a sort of a one. He had 88 catches. He had 1,082 yards. He had six touchdowns. He had all those things. But is he a guy who's going to be good enough to overcome mediocrity at the other two spots? And the other two spots, you've got Paris Campbell, who's played 15 games over the course of a three-year career. And then you've got Alec Pierce, the 53rd overall draft pick in the recently concluded 2022 NFL draft that you're relying upon to be either the number two or the number three guy. And from there, you've got a pretty sharp fall off between Desmond Patman and, and, and Pierce or Campbell. Yet you don't want to rely on Patman. You don't want to rely on Strong. You don't want to rely on Doolin or Coutte or DeMichael Harris. You've got to find somebody. And earlier this week, we kind of thought we had maybe a line on something with Terry McCall, uh, McLaurin. Terry McLaurin, of course, went to Cathedral High School. He's a two-way player at Cathedral, won four state championships at Cathedral, a fantastic athlete, and he's proven to be a really good NFL wide receiver with the Washington Commanders averaging better than 1,000 yards in his three uh, seasons with the Commanders. Activate yourself as a caller, and, and let's talk about all this. I do think that that Ballard has done a really good job this offseason of putting together a roster where you feel like upgrades have been made in other spots. At the quarterback position, there's no question that Matt Ryan is a significant upgrade over Carson Wentz. And if you look at the coaching staff, you say, hey, you know what? We had Matt Eberflus as a defensive coordinator, and despite being a really nice guy and a guy you might not really mind drinking a couple of beers with at some point, if he is so disposed, I have no idea whether he is, 
Um, you know what, as a defensive coordinator, I got really tired of him setting his zone 12 yards deep on third and eight. I didn't like it. I don't like cornerbacks playing off receivers by 10 yards. I don't like that. And so bringing in a guy like Gus Bradley, who brings nuance to his defensive coordinator uh, ship, his defenses are nuanced in a way that Eberflus's isn't. You know what? Eberflus goes to the Bears, kind of took care of the unpleasantness that would have likely resulted in his being fired. So good for the Colts. That's an upgrade that was absolutely painless, right? Uh, let's uh, let's take a call and figure out what Paul thinks. Paul, how you doing this afternoon? Uh, good to talk to you. Hi, Kent. Happy Friday. Nice to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, yeah, I agree with uh, everything you said here. And, um, you know, I just think that uh, the wrinkles that Gus Bradley will bring on defense, um, that it was so predictable last year that um, it's a wonder Darius Leonard was able to rack up all those turnovers. I mean, you would, it it speaks to how special Darius Leonard is, doesn't it? And, um, it does it, 12 turnovers for Darius yeah. Leonard force. That's, that's an unbelievable number. Yeah. So, I mean, given how predictable and how, you know, I mean, it, I'm there with you when, when I see a cornerback 10 yards off a receiver, it's like, man, you just gave him first and three, yep. you know, and then yeah. you can't, you just can't keep doing that. It's death by a thousand paper cuts. So they, they need to, uh, change that up. Um, I'm excited to see what Nick Cross might do. Um, yeah, I, I was, you know, I, 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 I posted a little bit about Willis on, on, on your YouTube thing. And I'm, I'm happy for the guy. He's doing what he's, his heart's call, calling is to do. So I have no problem with that. Um, I don't think he should get anything harsh thrown at him for that. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, hopefully this opens up uh, things for Nick Cross to come in for uh, hopefully Blackman stays healthy and, and uh, gets back to his form. And I, I just see a lot of good stuff on defense. And uh, Gakwe, you know, we're going to have a pass rush. It, it, we should. Um, him on one side should help Quiddy Pay on the other as well. So I'm, I'm excited about that part of uh, the offseason. I think Ballard has done a great job there. If we could just pluck a receiver out of this somewhere, you know, and I mean, if it winds up being T.Y. Hilton coming back for one more year, okay, okay, so be it. But it's not, that's not going to send shivers down anybody's spine in the opposing secondaries anymore. No, Um, just, uh, just nostalgia people. And thanks for the call, Paul. I really appreciate it. Three things that Paul said, I think are important is that Nick Cross kind of set himself up during minicamp and granted this is a non-contact minicamp, but it looked like Nick Cross was going to be a better option at the box safety spot than Kari Willis. So Kari Willis retiring opens up that spot, but I think Nick Cross would have kicked in that door anyway. Um, Gus Bradley is going to play 
uh, up on receivers. With Stephon Gilmore and Isaiah Rogers on the outside, those guys are going to jam receivers in the way that we like. And, and as far as Darius Leonard having the opportunity to do what he did in forcing turnovers, a lot of that was due to, and, and I think that this was willful from Matt Eberflus. I think that this was part of the philosophy was to allow teams first downs in order to enhance the likelihood that a turnover might be generated. I don't think that he wanted to force punts as much as he wanted to generate turnovers. And, like, you know, I'm not Matt Eberflus. He's made a career out of being a football coach, but a punt's a turnover. Sure, you're, you're, you know, losing 40 to 42 yards per punt in field position, that you wouldn't have to lose if you were forcing turnovers, but that's no reason to just hand people first downs and allow them to continue to matriculate the football down the field. That's crazy. Uh, Darius Leonard, and and here's the thing about Darius Leonard too. I had a comment on the YouTube channel about Darius Leonard saying, uh, this morning I was talking about how the Colts really don't have divas, and this is not an ego-driven roster at any place. And, And Pete, People had said, well, Darius Leonard certainly doesn't lack confidence and, and is, is a bit of a diva, and I don't think that he is. I think he's a confident guy who establishes goals for himself that are really, really lofty, like 200 tackles a year. That's crazy. That's a lot. 20 turnovers for the year. That's, that would be extraordinary. 12 was extraordinary, right? But Darius Leonard is a guy whose who's behavior – energy and work ethic, which are obvious to see in practice and during camp. You watch this guy do those things and you don't see somebody who's a diva. You see somebody who's working his ass off in order to get better and in order to accomplish those goals. I think those goals fuel an insecurity that motivates his work. And and that's what makes Darius Leonard special to me. He is a really, really good guy, a really honest guy. He, he does speak from the heart. He's not one of those guys in the Colts locker room who's going to say the right thing and try not to make any kind of, uh, any kind of waves, kind of from that Frank Reich type of uh, media playbook. He's a guy who's going to talk, and he's, he's going to say stuff. Uh, let's go to Jake. How are you doing this afternoon, Jake? Make sure and unmute yourself. I'm doing pretty good. How are you, Kev? I'm doing great. What's going on? You know, I think that Ben Banigou is going to have a tough time making the roster. If you've got Quiddy on one side and you've got Ngakwe on the other, maybe Banigou winds up being kind of a, a depth piece at the Leo position at Ngakwe fills. But if you've got Taekwon Lewis and you've got Hurricane Dio and you've got Quiddy and, and the two guys they've just picked up, I, I don't think are, are guys where you look at. And that guy's named Dio, too, the guy that they signed this week. His last name, I'm not even going to try to pronounce. Uh, however, you, you're not going out and picking up Brian Cox Jr. and that guy because you're in love with Dio as a backup Leo. So, or you're in love with uh, Banigou as a backup Leo. I, I think that Banigou might have a tough time making the roster, but I think they got loads of depth on the, uh, on the defensive line and the offensive line 
and and that's what that's kind of the thing that that Ebert or that uh, that Ballard really enjoys doing. He loves filling those spots, uh, you know, in the trenches, and he doesn't ignore the outside. But I don't think that that's his comfort level, and and so you wind up with backup wide receivers like Des Patman and Michael Strawn and Ashton Doolin and Kiki Kute and Michael Harris instead of guys who could step in and really do some damage just in case, you know, we don't want to say that Paris Campbell getting injured is a likelihood, but let's face it, over the last three years it has been, and we don't know what Alec Pierce is. So going into this season with Pittman and and a bunch of guys, I get really, really nervous. Thank you very much for the call, Jake. I really appreciate it. How you doing, Noah? How you doing this afternoon? Make sure to unmute yourself. I'm doing pretty good. What's going on this afternoon, Noah? Just thinking about a couple things. I got a question for you. Sure. So it's speculated in a couple stories that Terry McLaurin has been leaked to the Colts. Do you think that would happen? No. I I doubt that it happened. It's not as scary a uh not as scary a, a thing as maybe the soundtrack in the background of your call would make people think it is but um you know it's uh it, McLaurin would fit so well here he, he's from here we love him he won four state championships at cathedral he's a guy who maybe doesn't fit the commanders but Ron Rivera came out yesterday and said he's going to remain a commander and they're committed to him and they understand how valuable he is and an extension is going to get done. But McLaurin's in a position of strength with the commanders, uh, despite the fact that they, uh, they drafted the kid out of Penn state and Dotson as, as a wide receiver, who's maybe going to get some catches and maybe is sort of a warning shot across the bow of McLaurin where you say, okay, you know, we went out and we got Dotson. So if you don't want to sign an extension, we're still cool at receiver. He would fit great here. I I think he's the guy who would be maybe on the expensive side for the way he would contribute. I mean, if you look at DK Metcalf of the Seahawks and you look at Terry McLaurin of of the Commanders and you say, okay, both these guys are going to get paid 25 million bucks to play for somebody. Uh, who would you rather have? Would you rather have Metcalf or McLaurin? I would take Metcalf all day and twice on Sunday, despite my affection and affinity for Terry McLaurin. McLaurin is a really good wide receiver. Metcalf is crazy dynamic and able to stretch a field at a level that very few receivers in the NFL are, despite the fact that McLaurin rang like a 4-3-5 at the combine. I love McLaurin. I'd rather have Metcalf. And if you had to pay both the same amount of money, I'd find a way to try to get to, uh, DK Metcalf rather than McLaurin. But I, I think it's just it's kind of mid-June fun to speculate about McLaurin coming to the Colts. I don't think that the Colts are going to pull the trigger on that deal because I don't think that they want to sacrifice. They don't want to do a DeForest Buckner deal for Terry McLaurin uh, because they had a, a real need for Buckner. And while they have a need for McLaurin, I I think that they're going to be able to fill it in another way with another guy. So I I hope that answers your question. Thanks very much, Noah. 
Okay, I got one more thing. Whoops. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Wait a second. Let me. There, there we go. Uh, yeah, uh, unmute yourself if you've got another question, Noah. Sorry about that. I hit a button. Um, you there? Yeah, yeah. So that the the quote or whatever Ron Rivera said, right? Yep. Do you know um the Tennessee Titans coach? Mike Vrabel? Yeah. Yeah. He said the same thing about A.J. Brown, and look what happened. Well, you know, everybody's nobody's going to say, look, we're shopping this guy. We're eager to deal this guy. You know, nobody says that on the front end, trying to create a softer market for your guy. You know, they, they want to make it sound like the guy's going to be harder to deal. But I don't think that Terry McLaurin sitting out mandatory minicamp is going to motivate the commanders to say, okay, to hell with this guy. You know, we're going to, we're going to, you know, peddle him for a sixth rounder. Uh, I don't think that that's, that's something that's going to happen. Although I would welcome it. You never know with the commanders, like they're owned oh, yeah. by a total wing nut and Dan Snyder. And sometimes Snyder makes mistakes. And if you need to be reminded of that, just look at the deal that they made for Carson Wentz, given the Colts, a third rounder that could turn into a second and another third rounder, and they took on his entire contract. That was a crazy trade in favor of the Colts. And the uh, the commanders went ahead and willingly made it. Uh, Ballard didn't have a gun to their heads. They went ahead and made that trade. So predicting exactly what the commanders are going to do vis-a-vis Terry McLaurin, I think is really, really difficult. Thank you for the call, Noah. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, that's Noah. If you want to talk, hey, let's go. Um, nice. You know, we, we love taking calls and, uh, we got Andrew. How you doing, Andrew? Make sure and unmute yourself. There you go. Hey, Kent, I have a question that kind of is a follow-up to what you've been talking about. Is sure. there a, a wide receiver who's a free agent who's notable that you think is a realistic option knowing how Chris Ballard likes to function and he's probably not going to pull the trigger on something big like that, even though we'd like him to. Is there somebody out there that you see as a realistic option that they very well may grab, you know, here in the next couple of weeks? The only guy who's really out there is our guy, and that's T.Y. Hilton. You know, if they want a guy, you know, from that list, that much depleted list of free agent wide receivers that that had some, some real guys, you know, in mid-March, uh, I think T.Y. Hilton's kind of the guy. Other than that, what I would expect them to do is to watch a waiver wire at the end of camp and, you know, after the final preseason game and may, assuming that everybody stays healthy, go ahead and sign a guy, bring him in and try to school him up while you, you know, you kind of wait for Campbell to get hurt or you wait to see what Pierce can do and, and try to, if one of those, like if Pierce doesn't play well and, and you need to make a change, it's a short change, and, and you give your guy that you bring in a couple of weeks to, to go ahead and earn his way on the field ahead of Patman. Um, but I think that that's the most likely scenario is that somebody gets cut and, and the Colts are there to scoop the guy up. I, I don't see them being as proactive as they've been this offseason at other spots, you know, going out and really targeting a guy. And, and making that kind of impact. I, I think Ballard has shown a total reluctance 
to like use meaningful assets. And he would argue with this because he sees, you know, the 34th overall pick and the 53rd overall pick and, and the pick that was used to draft Campbell is meaningful. But if, if all you got are second round wide receivers, you know, how are you going to go out and compete with a team like the Bengals? Who, who's got, you know, Jamar Chase. I think he was taken fifth out of LSU and a guy who had played a lot of football with Joe Burrow. You know, you, you got a lot of teams with first-round guys as wide receivers. And while you can pick up a third-rounder like McLaurin or a second-rounder like DK Metcalf or a second-rounder like A.J. Brown, it's a little bit harder to get a dynamic guy if you, you know, if, if Pittman's fine at 34 and he was taking one one pick after T Higgins but I I just haven't seen it from Chris Ballard that that he's able to go out and kind of find a guy in the second round or the third round who's sort of a uh, you know a, an unpolished pearl that you can you can help turn into somebody now they got Reggie Wayne as the wide receivers coach maybe he's going to be able to do it uh, there's a cool video on colts.com where Reggie's biked up and he's kind of coaching guys a little bit. He seems really enthusiastic about it, but tactically, is he going to be able to coach guys up? I guess we're going to find out. And, you know, again, we'll hope for the best that an upgrade in the coaching staff is going to help the Colts compete better. I pretty much agree with you. I think they're going to go heavy tight end and do a lot of two tight end sets. I I like the rookies. I do too. And here's something from minicamp. As we were watching, like uh, Colin Granson has has been sort of an afterthought. He wasn't utilized a whole bunch uh, during his rookie season last year out of SMU, and so you looked you looked on the field and you said, "Hey, who's eighty three? You know, and then uh, oh, it's Kylan Granson. Well, they threw it. Matt Ryan threw it again to Granson. Well, there's another pass to Granson and another pass to Granson. Like he targeted Granson. Like, one of two things is true. One, he loves him and wants to utilize him and build as much chemistry as he can with him with every rep that they share. Or he wants to test Granson and see if he's capable of being the kind of weapon that he's going to need at the tight end position like he did with Hayden Hurst and Jacob Tammy and uh, Tony Gonzalez and last year with Kyle Pitts. He loves tight ends. And he's made tight ends a whole lot of money during his time with the Atlanta Falcons. Maybe he can do the same thing with Granson. But I agree with you. Like there, I think even if you don't, and Ogletree is big as a house. But if you just go, you know, Ollie Cox and Granson and Jelani Woods, you got to feel really good about where you're at in the tight end position. And, and thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Andrew. This is I, this is going to be a fascinating year, and and it would just be an absolute shame if either the wide receiver, the dearth of talent at wide receiver that could occur, if Campbell gets hurt, if uh, Pierce performs as rookie wide receivers often do, and you don't have any depth pieces behind them, if that costs you. And then if uh, Rod Blankenship can't convert field goals at, at a reasonable rate. I mean, if he's not, uh, you know, an 88, 90% guy who can make field goals from beyond 50, uh, what are you doing with the guy? And, and shouldn't you go out and get somebody who can win you games late 
in in the way that Ron has been unable to. And we all go back, just like we did with Mike Vanderjat with missed field goals against the Chargers and against the Steelers in the playoffs. You know, you, you look at, at Blankenship at Buffalo, and it wasn't, you know, the game's not on the line at that point, but the missed field goal in a 27-24 loss to the Bills, that was really deleterious to the, the Colts' ability to go win that game. And you didn't even feel good when Rivers has got the ball and the Colts' offense has got it with two and a half minutes left down three. You, you didn't feel like they were in great shape with the their opportunity to go get a field goal because of Blankenship. And then he got hurt last year. And despite getting back healthy, they roll with Badgley. And then they let Badgley go. I, I just kind of, I question whether Rodrigo Blankenship is the answer a kicker. And it's, we find out what happens when you don't have a kicker. And then we find out what happens when you do have a kicker. Because the Colts got rid of Vanderjet and they brought in Vinatieri, and all of a sudden they win a Super Bowl and go to another one just a couple of years later. All right, Noah, how you doing? Um, again, make sure and unmute yourself. All right, uh, there's hey, Noah. You? All right, good. I got a question for you. You there? Oh yeah, yeah. Ask away. This is what we do. This this event happened the other day. What do you do? You think our defense got worse because Kari Wills retired? No, I I don't think so. I think he was going to have a tough time getting on the field ahead of Nick Cross. Nick Cross is a superior athlete, and and Kari Willis, God bless him, but Kari Willis was all effort and some athleticism, and Nick Cross is going to bring a lot of effort and a whole lot of athleticism. And, and be a guy like Curry Willis. I don't think he wanted it. it you didn't want any kind of too high safety deal with Curry Willis back on the back end with Blackman or with McLeod. But with Nick Cross, you're going to be okay. Um, Curry Willis primarily a run stopping safety, and I think Nick Cross is sort of cross trained to be able to cover and be able to stop the run. So I like Nick Cross. And and did at minicamp think that you know what I don't know how Curry Willis is going to get on the field unless somebody gets hurt. Yeah. Thanks, Noah. Appreciate Who's it. Who's going to replace him? Um, pardon? Yeah. Who's going to replace Curry Willis? Well, Nick Cross. Yeah. Nick Cross is going to be the deep, deep safety or the we'll uh, box safety, and that's that's the way that's going to go. And uh, and good. You know, I, I think they upgraded, and I think that defense is upgraded at several spots. You know, you look at Yannick Ngakwe as a Leo. He's going to be able to get to the quarterback more often than Pay did last year or Lewis or Odeyingbo, or Odangbo or anybody not named uh, DeForest Buckner. And then you, you slide Pay across, and so he becomes an upgrade at that left defensive end. And um, you've got Stephon Gilmore instead of Rocky Yassine. That might be the, the most incredible upgrade of the uh, offseason. Stephon Gilmore is a guy who was a, a defensive player of the year just three years ago. And Rocky Yassine has been in, well, you know what? Last year, he wasn't altogether bad. He was better last year. But I think with Gilmore, you really see a, a, a level rise in terms of what they're going to get at cornerback. And then 
you and this is a, a kind of unheralded and sort of off the radar, but they went out and got a guy named Ron Miles to be the secondary coach and Mike Mitchell to be the assistant secondary coach. Those are huge for the Colts. Ron Miles is going to coach these guys up. They're going to be much better at their jobs tactically this upcoming season. And then Mike Mitchell, when he was with the Colts, and it wasn't too long ago he was with the Colts, it was uh, Quincy Wilson, I think Quincy Wilson's second year with the Colts. And and so we're in the locker room, and Mike Mitchell's a cool guy. He used to play with the Steelers. So I would talk to Mike Mitchell, and I'd talk to him about Quincy Wilson. And he said that, you know, Quincy Wilson's got some work to do. And here's how he needs to do that work. He's just a kid. He's going to be fine. And here's what we're doing with him. And he, he spoke just like a coach. And he was really, really good in talking about Quincy Wilson and then demanding more of Quincy Wilson and kind of putting his arm around him. And I talked to Quincy Wilson, too. And Quincy Wilson, a second-round pick out of Florida, who was really, really young. And, and since Mike Mitchell left the Colts, or the Colts left Mike Mitchell, Quincy Wilson hadn't played very well. I think he went to the Jets and and it may at this point have washed out of the league. But Quincy Wilson played his best football when Mike Mitchell was around to help him do that. And Mike Mitchell, as the assistant secondary coach for the Colts, is going to be a, a really good communicator with that position group. And Ron Miles, like I said, Really, really good at at getting guys right in terms of secondary. Rick Venturi always says this. He's the radio analyst for the Colts. He always says that he would tell DBs, you know what? I'm going to teach you about playing the game and how to play the game and how to tactically take care of your positional responsibilities. And what I'm going to be able to do is extend your career by two years. You're going to be able to get through on athleticism for the first portion of your career. But those last two years, I'll have taught you how to play at a level that allows you to continue to cash checks as a member of an NFL franchise because you learned the lessons I'm going to teach you. That's what Rick Venturi uh, says Ron Miles is capable of. And so Ron Miles, I'm really interested in watching how this secondary develops and how much better they are as a secondary moving forward. I think that that's going to be really, really interesting. And uh, we'll see exactly how that works out. Andrew, thanks for joining us. Go ahead and unmute yourself. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, indeed. The kicking situation. Do you know why they didn't keep Badgley? Well, I'm going to guess that either Badgley wanted more money than any of the 32 teams in the NFL wanted to part with to go ahead and sign him, or that uh, nobody in the NFL thinks that he can unseat their current kicker. You know, it's either Badgley not wanting to be a part of any team before they go to camp, or it's teams not wanting Badgley to be any part of their team before camp. I'm not sure which it is. I thought he was pretty good last year. I didn't think he was bad. I didn't think that the Colts – were nine and eight because of Michael Badgley. You know, he didn't miss many. He didn't have the the huge leg that you, you thought he might have. He's not Greg Zerline back there. 
Um, but you know, uh, it, it, a lot of times people are unemployed for a reason. I don't know what that is, but you know, there you go. I, I remember Neil Rackers. I was talking to Neil Rackers who used to be a kicker for the Cardinals. And he was always my fantasy kicker. So I got to know him a little bit. He lived in St. Louis and he didn't get a job because, uh, Mike Shanahan didn't like him. And it, it was just that simple. It was like a personal animosity. So there are lots of reasons, at least that's according to Rackers. Um, There are a lot of reasons that guys can be unemployed. It could be at the decision of the guy or at the decision of the teams. I'm not sure. Good question. Uh, Thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Andrew. Um, Good show. And these are, these are, uh, to me, these are the fun shows. And these are, are the times during which, we can talk and really sort of hash it out and figure out exactly what the Colts are going to be and how they're going to operate. And, and you know, is because there's nothing else to do. You know, we're not there for mini camp. We went there for mini camp. We were there every day and watched every single snap and tried to figure out what was going on with this team. But until camp starts, you know what? All we have to do is examine and, and kind of, you know, perform that autopsy on 2021 figure out where the Colts have upgraded, where they need to upgrade, and how they need to do it, and hope that somebody, you know, kind of cramps the bed in terms of a guy like Terry McCorn. And maybe McCorn and Dan Snyder aren't going to get along. Maybe McCorn just doesn't like Washington, D.C., and he doesn't want to sign an extension. I don't know what it is, but, man, it would be great to bring him home and put him in a Colts jersey and and see what McCorn on one side and Pittman on the other and Pierce maybe in the slot or Pierce on the outside and Pittman in the slot or Hines in the slot. We didn't even talk about Naheem Hines as a potential solution for some of these wide receiver problems. But that's what this part of the offseason's for. And as we kind of ramp up toward camp, it's what we're going to be talking about. And we do it every week uh, on call-in. When news breaks, We'll get going. We'll fire up the call in and we'll go. You can watch on YouTube every single morning and afternoon. We're talking about the Colts. We're talking about the Pacers. We're talking about the Hoosiers. We love it. And so uh, thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. Have a wonderful weekend. If you're in central Indiana, baby, you are looking forward to beautiful weather and a whole lot of fun. We'll talk to you next week.